What does your, your home screen look like? I haven't even seen it. I, I sent it in chat. Ah, okay. is that? I thought that was a calc. <laughs> I thought that was a calculator. I really no, did. That is my phone. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Functions. I am Mac Blackman, and I'm as always joined by Eli. How you doing, Mac? I'm fine. Apart from a cold, Good. I'm doing fine. Um, it is the Christmas season, and as always in the Christmas season, I like to start looking at stuff that I'll never be able to buy. Yeah, that, that's me all year round. Yeah, uh, Christmas season. I kind of, I always want to buy myself something, but this year I haven't started yet. I start my Christmas shopping about a week before. I don't think I've done any of it yet. There's one thing I really want for Christmas, but it's not even going to be released at that point. And have you seen the Elgato uh, Stream Deck thing? Have they oh, got sorry, a new one? Stream Deck, the um, prompter. No. They uh, So Elgato released a new, um, very simple to use teleprompter that you can put on any camera, webcam. It's just so easy and I really want one because the main complaint i get on my videos is why am i always looking at the ground because okay i'm looking at it now it looks it just looks like any other prompter yeah except it's a lot cheaper and uh the screen's built in and all of the video feed goes through uh type c has its own app uh and can also display it's your screen 279 pounds yeah okay I'm sure there's cheaper prompters, but I guess you're looking to take the feed straight out into the prompter rather than um, mirror from the device. Yeah, I just, I I'm kind of uh, been looking to get a, pro- a teleprompter for a while, but I have an old iPad, and there's yeah. no apps that support that anymore, and it's just been a pain. I don't want to buy a new iPad, and it would end up costing like eight hundred pounds plus the teleprompter, depending on which one I get. If I just get this Elgato one, I can plug it into my phone, my uh, computer. It's just has a multiple use system. So it, it looks a bit different. Explain how it works then. So it takes a video out feed from your phone. Is that right? Yes, you can do it from your phone or computer via Type-C DisplayPort. Okay, so it doesn't actually sit in front of the device. Like how we would in a TV studio with cameras, for example. Um, it does sit in front of the camera. Hang on. I'm confused. Uh, I haven't got it. Well, it's just a normal teleprompter. You stick it on the camera. At the bottom is the screen that you plug a USB-C into it. Why does it cost that much money then? Uh, because have you uh, looked at buying a teleprompter online? I've bought a couple in the last five years, yeah, for, um other uses for here and i think the one we got most recently is not great um it was 90 quid but for a small kind of scale thing it would be great i will say that algato tends to be quite expensive i have one of their stuff in front of me right now i have the stream deck and i use it a lot but Mm. i do not think it's worth the price that it is the software looks good i'm just looking at it now it looks better than the one we've got here um, yeah, I'm hoping they have a, another thing called like the foot uh, pedal or something. I'm hoping that works with it because imagine not having to have a clicker in your hand or anything. That'd be great. Mm. Well, yeah, MIDI foot pedal would work with that anyway because you can get Bluetooth MIDI. And I can't see why that wouldn't wouldn't work. What I think is happening now, just looking at this video, is that a lot of these brands have identified a, the prosumer market who might not necessarily know... Th- the professional options out there and know that they're probably cheaper. 
like there's a company called data video who basically focus in doing those kind of accessories for the industry and they're coming in cheaper than elgato things and elgato as a brand obviously they they've got a kind of market that trusts their stuff from what they've bought before and they're introducing them to these items that they could probably do better with elsewhere that looks like a steer clear item to me the data it's not doing anything different than any other one POV camera looks identical to the Blackmagic camera that they released a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm trying to find a teleprompter on there. Uh, we used to have one. Their prompters are really good. There it is, teleprompter. Images aren't loading. They've got a couple. Yeah, uh, 1,000. Uh, one of them's uh, 500. One one's 400. They have a Bluetooth teleprompter remote that you can get for about a hundred. So the four twenty, the three, uh, three fifty one is the one that we used to have here, but one of our, let's just say one of our staff members smashed it, <laughs> and didn't tell anybody recently. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, I want to do an uh, an episode on education, um, because I know that you're a teacher, and I feel like it might be interesting to talk about uh, how technology has either improved or made education slightly worse what do you think made it better i mean i've been teaching since this is my 14th year and my first year here teachers were now getting used to at this level used to using powerpoints and i remember sitting with teachers and explaining the benefits of using a powerpoint <laughs> over using the whiteboard or even the um overhead projectors were kind of still around so yeah it's made the job a lot easier you no longer have to necessarily plan three months ahead for your materials you can kind of do that during the week before a lesson things can change in a lesson in real time and you can adapt to it i think technology helps completely i don't know if i could teach if it wasn't for technology now i couldn't teach how my teacher used to teach you know back in when i was at school yeah I remember uh, my primary school when they first got one of those touchscreen projector screens. I remember actually helping my teacher set it up. Oh, and you have to click click the dots. Yeah. (laughs) But she couldn't uh, figure out how to uh, make the video appear on the screen. Turns out she just hadn't even really put the cable in properly. Yeah, and I, I suppose for some teachers, technology introduces a problem and a gap between, or a barrier between them and the learner. But, you know, I, I think just like everything, teaching has evolved forever. And I'm sure when they got involved, there was the blackboard that was a move up from whatever was before that. You know, classroom layouts, computers, typewriters, technology evolves and, and we have to evolve with it. I think Apple should target education again. They've obviously stopped doing that recently and the, the, the iMacs are going to go extinct if they don't give them to education. Bring back the eMac. Yes. <laughs> the now, eMac was get, the, the reason oh. why I got into Mac stuff. Uh, what was my first Mac? It wouldn't have been an eMac. My first Mac might have been a 2000 and... Seven or eight uh, iMac computer, kind of the the clear the plastic ones. Oh, the clear plastic. They were two thousand and fives and two thousand sixes. Were they i fives? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, the i fives. They were great. I was jealous. I've never had one. 
I had the eMac. I, I had one, and uh, when it um, stopped working, my parents <coughs> turned it into a chalkboard for my brother to draw over, and it hurts me every time I see it. <laughs> it's in the loft now, and it's covered in like crayons and stuff. I, I, I call I it an i5, a G5, not an i5, G5. I've got Gosh, uh, two G5s in the, uh, three G5s in the loft because I pretty much started collecting them one year and now I've still got them. My plan was to make a, uh, get a PC and stick it in there, which I know is like a sin in right. Apple world, but I love the I look mean, of that thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it does look nice. They make good looking products and I, I you do see a lot of those things trending online. People still getting, um, What's the square one? The cube and putting new machines inside of that and whatnot. The the what? The cube? Yeah, the old cube G4. Oh. Oh, right, yes. Sorry, I had to think about that for a sec. I was thinking... Power Mac. The, yeah, I, uh, Power Mac, the Mac Mini G4 for a cube. sec, then the Mac Studio, then the Wi-Fi uh, router that they did. That's where my brain went. Yes, yeah, no, the Power Mac G4 Cube. I've never actually seen one of those before in real life, but there you go. There's a, uh, a, a CX near the, not CX, yeah, CX near the college, and there's been a Mac Pro in there, and uh, uh, what's, it, what's the really bad uh, Mac Pro? What was it called? The Trash Can The Trash Can one, yeah. <laughs> That's been there, and I've been wanting to get it. Just because I've never actually seen one in person. No, me neither. But they must; their value must have been completely shed apart. Now I can't imagine anyone spending two hundred pounds on one of those. I think it, I think it was one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Same price. It's a shame because I thought it was quite clever. The kind of inputs and outputs how they lit up when you turn it around. I thought that was really cool. I think it was too far, too quickly. People were very much used to the bigger computers and then suddenly swapping to this computer that is almost alien to everyone else. Probably too far. Which I know is quite funny because that's kind of how Apple rolls, like with the um, the coloured G computers. Whose phone should we look at first? Mine or yours? Let's go for yours. I'm curious. Okay. Do you have any questions? Yeah. Are you fed up of Android yet? Yes. And my second question is... Do you sideload or do you just stick to the app store? I keep to the basic app store. Okay, cool. I, I can't be Then there's not much point in having Android really, is there? The only reason why I have Android is because I like the look of the nothing phone and I don't like the look of an iPhone. I miss uh, iOS so much. I would love to go back to it. Especially like when I first swapped to Android, <coughs> I got the Pixel 3a and everything was square. Why did Google yes. make everything circular? I hate circles. You got any questions about like what specific apps I use and why? What does your desktop or your um your your home screen look like? I haven't even seen it. I, I sent it in chat. Ah, okay. is that? I thought that was a calc. <laughs> I thought that was a calculator. I really no, did. That is my phone. Okay. So, wow. Okay, so I'm looking at your home screen now. Yeah. And it. it the first thing I notice is a complete lack of hue. There's no colour. Yeah, I know. It's just black with a few colours around. What's that I did about? that because of the OLED display. 
it's just nicer to not have all of that screen like shining in your eye at like the, the middle of the night. I'm up most of the night for some reason, working on things. That's the time that I'm most active. So I quite like having a screen that doesn't blind me instantly. And it appears like I can tell quite a lot about you from your home screen. Your calendar is the thing that is dictating your actions throughout the day. And yes. In, even down to the point you've got sleep in your calendar. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I've never followed it. It was a recommendation right. from um, CGP Grey on an episode of Cortex to stick the d- uh, time that you want to go to bed. Uh, and I've just ignored it every single time. You see, for iOS, that, that my phone does that as well. At half 11, it will say, half 10, I think it is, it will say, it's time to go to bed. But it's not on the calendar. Uh, and it's my just suggesting to go well. to bed now for... Mm. I, my, my phone has that feature as well I just turned it off and I made it so it only turns on grayscale and all that if I plug it into charge okay cool and then down at the bottom here you've got I don't really know what's going on with these circles so I'm guessing these are your frequently used apps or yes. your pinned apps and then uh, this circle what's that all about to the left uh, so with the new nothing uh, OS they released they allowed a little circle initially I, well, when they released the circle I thought it would work like a, a, a an old phone you know like when you put your finger in the number and you rotate oh, rotary it rotary phones yeah I, mm-hmm. I hoped it would be like that but it turns out no um, and that's just all the other apps I need to access very quickly uh, in a, a quick moment I probably will get rid of it because I have far too many apps on my screen I prefer to have it I'm much more limited Meh. I know and I also have, have quite obscure more at the bottom. Uh, and that's your yeah. dock at the bottom, is it? Yeah. I didn't have a dock, okay. uh, anything in my dock for like, the whole year up until like last month. And I thought I may as well stick something there. So I put um, the main apps I use to chat with people and my main browser. I have four browsers on that phone. That's too many. I know. Way too many. It's because not everything works on everything. I think sometimes, um, and this is why iOS suits me, and I can understand why people go to Android for the options, but sometimes for me, I just need a technology not to be there and just to be able to get to the information quickly. So having four browsers introduces a decision for me that I don't necessarily want to make three or four times a day. Yeah, I mean, my main browser was Firefox for a very long time, and then DuckDuckGo, I think, released this year. Was it this year or last year? DuckDuckGo? I think it's been around forever. I, I mean, the, the browser, not the search engine. Oh, right. I'm not sure. Well, anyway, I swapped this year, and I pretty much use DuckDuckGo for everything now, um, especially media. It's very good for watching stuff on. Mm-hmm. But I... Uh, I have to swap to Firefox quite often now, especially if I do any press red work or college work because I have my presets already done. And DuckDuckGo currently does not have any extension support, which I do not like. I don't think when, when we get into the Apple OS, we're back to Apple again, yeah. when we get to the Apple VR, AR thing and the direction they're going, I don't think you're going to like tech in the future because it seems to me like these interfaces are designed to get out of the way and let you be in the room more or be in the space more. And when speaking to you over these last few episodes, it seems like you really like the aesthetic of of the technology. You like thinking about the technology primarily before the information, hence why you like to change apps a lot. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I would find it interesting to try the whole. I, I'm I'm very much interested in doing the VR and AR uh, working because I gave it a try and it was just great having screens the size mm-hmm. that you would want it to be. But I don't think I'd go any further than that. Just having screens. Who knows? My ideal technology, my ideal home screen is nothing. <laughs> no anything. And it just, Fun. I look at it and it knows what to do. That would be ideal. Yeah, I'd love that as well. And the yeah. whole point of that phone uh, setup that I have there, where it's all grayscaled and uh, with very minimal color, that nothing jumps out to me. Whatever I click on is what I want to click on, which is a great new feature of the the Nothing OS, which I was very happy about when they mm-hmm. announced it. Suits you. It's, I think it's funny how um, these devices, these phones, say so much about our personality. It's almost like looking at the state of someone's bedroom or how someone's bedroom's organised, you know? It's a very personal thing now. Yeah. I mean, it's no surprise because we all carry phones on us every day. Of course, we would want to yeah. personalise it a little bit. I know many friends now in actually the course that uh, I'm learning from, they all have... Uh, color-coded apps which is just satisfying to look at but I, I couldn't cope with it I gave it a try and if everything's the same color it just kind of blends together it makes you spend more time looking at the phone yeah and I don't think it's a problem it might be a generational thing I don't think it's a problem for people in their teens now um, they don't they're not concerned they're spending most are not concerned that they're spending a lot of time looking at their screens and because I suppose that's the reality they've grown up in and a lot of older people um how's a lot of older people notice that they're spending a lot of time away from reality and in their phones because they've experienced reality for most of their lives yeah i'd agree with that i spend a lot of time on my computer now far too much probably mm. um there's another What's thing that happen to our eyes yeah fair point yeah uh, have you seen the the new bbc advert where no. they show like a kid with television eyes saying like it's actually a good thing. <laughs> so that's that's no. quite apt on what we're talking about. I would like to note one more thing. I didn't uh, didn't mention that we should show our lock screens, but on my lock screen, I have uh, QR codes, kind of like I guess I can send it in quickly. Um, uh, I kind of treat like business cards. Okay. And it's been a very interesting way of uh, doing things because I now get asked so often, "What's your podcast?" Where can I listen to it on? I literally just share yeah. my lock screen uh, with right. uh, a new feature that um, Nothing also added of just scrolling that in. Oh, you also, yours is quite simple. We'll get back to that in a sec. Why isn't mine sending? Come on. Because you've got too many options. I didn't click send. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my lock screen. Okay. And people can just take a picture of that and then they're away. Yeah. So it's a lot easier. It was cool, um, I, like I uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, videos about the flipper. Have you heard about this thing? No. It's a uh, kind of like a little device that allows you to do multiple different ways of um, breaking things. Really, you can uh, clone stuff. You can hack stuff. Yeah. I don't like using the word hack, but we'll just go for that for ease. You can copy data. It's just a, a, a little cool thing. Uh, and anyone can buy it. Uh, there it is, Flipper. Flipper Zero. That kind of 
thing and I wanted to grab one um, and I probably shouldn't admit this to you as you are my teacher. I wanted to grab one to clone my student ID because I'm fed up of leaning over. But they are kind of a sketchy thing at the moment. I've seen these flippers because um, I'm looking in, I'm looking at Teslas a lot at the moment and people have been trying to use the flipper to hack the Tesla, but it doesn't work like it does on some other cars, which is quite interesting. Yeah. So the, the cool thing about this is the NFC uh, cloning. You can also tell it to write mm-hmm. NFCs. So my plan was to also bring this with me and when someone asks me, I tap the back of their phone and it would just treat it like uh, you put your phone to pay on something. It would bring up this prompter that says, this is a website. Do you want to go to it? And I'm surprised this is legal. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, it's been a whole debate kind of throughout this year. I think it's been on the main news as well. But because it's allowing people... Uh, pen testers to still work on their stuff it's kind of good and bad it depends on who owns it really like everything so is it available how much is it i think it's like a 100 to 200 pounds that's quite cheap if i can still arrange over (laughs) profit (laughs) anyway let's have Uh, a look 177 your lock screen 177 that's the cost. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, you seem to be a person that very much likes to look at uh, your past photos, which I'd say is the same yeah, as I my, guess so. my mum. She also has, like, uh, I think it's like Time Hopper that she checks, like, once a day. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess so. So, I have the Google Photos uh, widget at the top, and then, actually, my other home screen has the Apple Photos <laughs> widget. Um, I find they 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 both have the kind of this time last year type feature, but they both offer very different things every day, and I think it's quite interesting. Um, my library, my backed up digital library, is quite old now. I'm quite proud of it. It's I've, I've had it. I think it's like 2008, 2009, so it can really show me some quite old things. And on top of that, I've scanned the majority of the pictures I've ever taken and tried to organise them. So. Yeah, it's quite nice to see your pictures because otherwise, when are you ever going to look at them? I probably lost quite a few pictures because I've swapped accounts quite a few times. Even though I've I've had my main Google account for a very long time, I don't have all my photos on it because I used to be an Apple user and everything went on iCloud. I just lost that account and have never gone back on it. I think you need to pick one, don't you? I picked um, Google as my service because the money it doesn't cost that much per year fix 20 quid or something like that and the storage is pretty good before that i had um was it picasso or something like that there used to be a service that was free and they just all of a sudden it was a yahoo service i can't remember what it was called and they all of a sudden shut down they gave you like three months notice well at least they gave you three months notice compared to google so i had to shut down everything all of a sudden you also seem to be a very much calendar focused person as well because you have two. You, I'm guessing one's for work and one's your personal. Yeah, so my personal calendar, we, as a family, we use personal calendars. So we all share calendars, um, me, my son, my wife. And uh, yeah, I need it. I can't get it for a day without it. We and recently my work swapped one. to that as well. We, we all have a shared calendar. The only person who's not on yeah. it is me because I'm on Google. <laughs> 
No, I, I think with modern living, a personal a shared calendar is the new way. As a family, in the past, we've had a calendar that goes in the kitchen, and that just doesn't work anymore. You know, we, we all use our phones, and we don't all go to the kitchen to look at the calendar. And actually, um, having a calendar with all of your appointments and whatnot on it in the kitchen is, is sometimes a bit of a risk as well. If you get robbed or if someone can see your calendar through the window, they kind of know what you're doing and when. It is a, a great system, and I I also would highly recommend doing it to anyone who's listen, uh, listening to the podcast. It's just great having an on, on online uh, calendar and record of where everyone is, really. Because, I mean, we all... Uh, yeah. mine it's quite useful for winning battles as well, my family would <laughs> say. I've got the car on that day. I've really put it down. Oh, no. If it's not in the calendar, it's not happening. Hmm. And your Outlook one, that is your work one, right? Because I know that, yeah. And then you're also very much uh, paying attention to your fitness, which I do not have on my phone. The rings are great. I think that's another thing that Apple didn't invent, but completely mastered. And that is the kind of fitness rings and getting you addicted to making sure you achieve whatever your goals are every day. It's the only reason why I'm wearing an Apple Watch now. An Apple Watch is entirely Mm. disconnected, but it still can tell me how much I've done in a day. Yeah, it's kind of addictive. I I thought it would wear off. I think I've had an Apple Watch since, I don't know, for about seven or eight years. And, you know, I still look at it every day, so it works. And I still think, oh, I've got to stand up for one more. Let me stand up and get my stand in. Yeah, you know, I do Who that. knows what good it does, but you you definitely get hooked on it. Do you have friends on yours competing? Uh, Well, I can't because my, uh, my one's disconnected. Ah, right, okay. So that takes it to a whole nother level when you see someone in your your friendship group's got 35 minutes and so you have to quickly do five more. It's great. See, I I, I was looking for another type of watch recently because I, I don't like the life, uh, the, the battery life of the Apple Watch. I think it's far too low. I mean, I am using a very old model. Yeah. I'm using the third edition. And... Okay. Yeah, I, I, what I determined was... I don't even use it for that long. I can just stick it back on the charger and it's done. I don't like to wear it when I'm asleep, so I don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. I would also yeah. like to question you on how many social medias do you have in one section? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so on my dock along the bottom, I've got four things, um, but two of them are folders. And that's just all of the social media apps that I've ever used. I probably don't use all of them, but there's 10 in there because you can flip pages too. So I count things like email as social media. So it's email, messages, Twitter, um, Telegram, Instagram, those kind of things. LinkedIn is on there too. Pinterest. It's just nice to have them all in one place. I'm looking now to see what social medias I've got. Google Chat, WhatsApp, Chat. Uh, I'm testing out Beeper and Beeper Mini. And that's it, I think. <laughs> it's good to have them in one place. Um, also, like, for tracking, just me tracking how many times I use social media, I know that I'm going to this one place. And to me, I bag all social media together as is one. So now it's actually one. Oh, God, I've been on social media too much today. I also have Apple set up to tell me I've been on social media for too long because they're all part of the same group in my screen time. So then um, I'm limited to 25 minutes social media a day. So when it gets to 25 minutes, it will tell me you've used all your social media time 
and then I have to physically allow more by putting in a code, which then kind of tells me my brain, okay, I've done too much now, two more minutes or whatever it is, and then get off. So it's, it's a nice self reminder because you can forget you spend so much time on these devices and before you know it, you spend three hours on social media. Yeah. I think I have one of those limits on one of my apps. I don't even remember what it is because I don't think I've ever reached it, which was a very useful timer then. My, my son I have thinks one it's more hilarious question. that I would well, limit I myself. Well, no, it makes sense because people get very much addicted to their phones. Um, so I have two questions. You have a lot of... Uh, music-based apps. I have a few. I didn't even mention it in my one. On my lock screen, there's a another folder that's hidden there. You know the one that's okay. like the, the, the music tune one? If you click that, that yep, will bring that. up uh, I think four apps. My cat is currently right in front of my okay. microphone. Which is... Um, and what are they? What are your four apps? Uh, Pocket Cast, Audible, Spotify, and uh, Crowbuzz. What's Crowbuzz? They're like a hi-fi streaming platform that you can buy music from instead of having to stream it. You can also stream right, uh, okay. It's just a thing I use every so often. I don't actually listen to it that often. Mm-hmm. But it's just nice. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know what the, the apps are on your one because I don't recognize the two ones at the bottom. The two orange ones. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah, the, the obvious ones are um, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Tidal, Mixcloud, and Shazam. And then on the bottom, I've got Music Memos, which was Apple's attempt to do a multi-track sketch idea type things to create music. Uh-huh. And um, and iMachine, which is the software component to hardware that I use to produce music, um, which is really good. It's Native Instruments, I believe, who produce it. So you have so both... Yeah, there's, they're all... Oh, sorry, carry on. Go, go for it, yeah. Uh, you have, uh, what, f- two, three main audio streaming apps what's your main one that you use is it i'm you my uh, go-to is apple music Apple Music. i was about to call it itunes then. that's how long i have yeah <laughs> now my go-to is apple music i'm humming and hiring about going over to spotify simply because apple music's not supported in things like tesla um and like some of the devices i have at Actually, home it's really funny with it they're getting support for it uh, for apple music yeah oh wow and apple podcasting the apple podcasting was the one that was advertised but i think uh, i remember reading like hidden in the document that they are actually supporting apple uh music well that'd be good because I, I think apple music is it's good it's not superior when when compared to spotify spotify's got some features there in terms of playlisting that are better but it just works with all of the apple things and that's what's keeping me there i can drive my car and tell S-I-R-I to play a song without having to touch a button and it works whereas I'd have to tell it to open Spotify and then play something otherwise and the lyrics are really good on Apple Music yes I've heard about that um, and the credits not a big fan of their rewind do I mean do you even like the rewind system oh right yeah and I, I'd never look at it I think it's one of my favourite things about Spotify honestly I, there's a lot I don't like about Spotify and then every year they do the rewinds and I'm actually just it's fun to find out about what you were listening to that year mine would be the same every year <laughs> um, you're listening to 1998 again mine's <laughs> mine's always confusing somehow techno gets in there and I don't listen to techno 
That's hilarious. But for the past three years, uh, the, the top artist has been Yasmin Lacey, and that, that spoiled a bit of my pick later on. And uh, talking cool. of which, let's actually get on to the topic notes. What are your phone apps that you use then on a, da- a daily basis? Or use a lot? Uh, it says it's got to be music, everyday, safari. Really, I'm a stock app type of person. I'll look at WhatsApp when I finished work because I don't really open that until about five o'clock and just catch up on the groups. But yeah, music, WhatsApp and Instagram. For me, it is uh, Pocket Cast, Letterbox, which is that social media for sharing film reviews. My cat is sat on the keyboard. Stop yeah. doing that. Um, it's good app. Elk, which is my Mastodon client, which I know some people will be laughing about the fact I just said Mastodon. Um <laughs> Artifact, which is that app I suggested to you, which is getting slowly, slowly worse, and the community all agrees with it. Because <laughs> they're slowly turning it into more of a social media, less of a news reading app. Proton Calendar, which is what you saw on the homepage. And yes. perhaps the most important app to me, Todoist. To-do list, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I use notes quite a bit, actually, but I wouldn't say every day. I usually start every morning, well, every day, planning out what I've got to do with that day, and then I will do it. Yeah, it's 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 a bit stressful though, don't you think? Having lists at the start of your day, I mean, having a plan for your day is the way to go. But having a list at the start of the day for me would be a bit intimidating. I like the journey to work and thinking about what it is I need to do, and then perhaps if I really need to, because I can't remember, checking out a list. It, it is it. Uh, uh, like uh, terrifying Stressful. kind of in the morning but yeah if i didn't do it i wouldn't do anything i'd end up just sitting yeah. at my computer and playing games the entire day i have to set myself objectives of otherwise yeah i won't do anything what are your top softwares for the year so on my mac this year my top software shall i be honest about the software i use a lot <laughs> so my, my top software is probably uh don't know if i should say that one i won't say that one um wow no, I will. Soulseek. Have you heard of Soulseek? No, I have not. Soulseek. S-O-U-L-S-E-E-K. Soulseek QT. Um, being a DJ and a music person, Soulseek helps you find unreleased music that you can't buy or get commercially. It's basically a peer sharing app. So you offer a folder of rare music. With me, I've got a massive UK garage collection that I ripped from vinyl years ago and you can search for like what we call white label music and stuff like that on there so i use Soulseek a lot it's really good for that um and that's available across platforms i believe and then on my mac i just downloaded a few months ago the new stickers app and i love it it's like stickies but more advanced it's called stickers and it's the same as stickies but it looks a bit a bit more pleasing to look at. Oh, um, the transparency is better. You're a big fan of um, sticky notes, aren't you? Yeah, sticky notes are life for me. Uh, especially in my job. It's like having several brains. What's that? It would drive me mad. I like to have a completely f- clear back. Yeah, no, no, no. I love, I love that. And the final app for me this year is going to be DaVinci Resolve. Oh, that is my top app. So, you've been enjoying it then? Because I know that you're a I big have, premium now, pro user. I am. Um, and I'm still annoyed about some things. Like, there's things that I've purchased, like uh, Neat, which is a um, noise noise app 
plug-in that only works in Premiere Pro or DaVinci. And of course, I bought the Premiere Pro version a few years back. So there are reasons I keep going back to Premiere Pro, but I am liking DaVinci a lot. I'm ashamed to admit it. I'm just quickly looking at uh, our own episode to see how long it's taken to uh, swap you over. <laughs> I think four or five episodes. It, it has been... It's been you. Um, you have told me about it a lot, and I've tried it, and I left it, and I tried it again, and I'm sticking with it now. I've really. been slowly convincing um, everyone. I'm very good yeah, at that. I'm going between the both. I am going between the both, but there's just things in DaVinci that I can't do as easily in, in Premiere Pro, and actually, I'm probably going to buy some DaVinci hardware so that I can have the full version of yeah. it at some point, because I want exact same of what I the, do. Noise, the noise reduction... Um, like I said, I, I've paid for Neat Video, which is like an, a plug-in. I think I paid 150 quid or something like that, maybe five or six years ago. And um, it's amazing in Premiere Pro. And if I have to buy it again for DaVinci, I might as well just buy some hardware and then get it as part of DaVinci Pro. You have to buy it again? It's weird. Well, it doesn't It's not a universal plug. It only works. They had to make two separate oh. plugins: one for DaVinci, one for Premiere, one for... Final Cuts are three different ones. You have to choose and you can't transfer. That does seem a bit odd. So though. I wouldn't buy that for DaVinci. I would just go to DaVinci Pro. Okay, so my software of the year, I've put mine in order of the most used. Uh, probably goes DaVinci being the top one. Can you guess my second one? <laughs> Mastodon. No. <laughs> That's not a software. Um, I guess it's going to be DuckDuckGo. I am surprised you didn't guess Obsidian. Oh, gosh. Okay, Obsidian. Yeah. <laughs> then Pocket Shots. Cast. Then Linear, which is not technically an app. It's more of a web app, but it's been mm-hmm. how all the press read is now kind of organized. And Windows Power Toys. I could not live without Windows Power Toys. What's that? It's pretty much all of the stuff that Windows has packaged into like a, a testing ground that uh, I can now enable on my computer. I have it always running, and it's what allows me to have search bar, uh, spotlight, sorry, on Windows. I cannot live without spotlight that. Spotlight on Windows. Okay, cool. That sounds cool, I guess, but why don't you just get a Mac if you want spotlight? Because Macs are expensive. you know that's i I don't mind windows i'm not by no means a windows critic or hater but the 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 one thing it's really missing is a good search the the search is terrible on windows when you try and search for something they end up just giving you the weather and adverts they've reinstalled outlook on my computer again damn it (laughs) i installed that like last week Sometimes the search will tell you that thing is not there and then you can go into another folder and search and it will be there. Yeah. It's just strange. So, let's go on to topic two. What is your daily carry? My daily carry, my daily carry is my phone. My phone has, I've got a smart Yale lock at home. So my phone wallet has my Yale key in there. And that's it. You, what about your backpack, though? You've got, like, all of your... Uh, you've got your Mac. Your uh, M1 Mac. M1 Pro, right? Or is it just M1? Okay. So today, I've got my... In front of me here, I've got my iPad Pro. I've got my M1 MacBook Pro. Um, and a 
bunch of cables and adapters because I'm carrying a Mac, right? So I have to have every possible option. Um, and I carry two SSDs of me as well. So yeah, quite a few things. It depends on what I need. I'm, I'm assessing this week. So I bring my iPad and I have it as a second screen for my, um, for my Mac using Sidecar, which is a great feature. But yeah, those four things. On average, my daily carry is just my Orbit keyring, which is the little weird keyring that I've shown you quite a few times. I don't think it's actually called a keyring. I'll have yeah. to link it in chat just to make sure. Of um, Show notes. Uh, of course, I've got the Nothing Phone 1. My Circular & Co. reusable coffee cup that I got for my dad after I brought him one as well. <laughs> and perhaps the most important thing to me is the Sony WHCH720Ns, which are the soundproof headphones that I carry on me everywhere. Great, I yeah. Without those, got to have. It's it's. I think earpods and those that type of technology has developed so quickly, and we don't realize how much that's changed. You can look back at a photograph from just ten years ago, and nobody's got this technology. Yeah. It's like magic. And now we all have it and it's really cheap. You know, you can buy these things for 25 quid on Amazon and yeah. they're, they're good. Uh, I have one question because we were talking earlier about like um, how you see the ages have changed how they view screen usage. What do you think mm-hmm. about headphones? Because like when I walk down uh, uh, to get to college, quite often I see everyone's wearing headphones. But there are some people who, who don't. And do you think that, like, I mean, I'm one of those people who wear headphones. Do you think I'm missing out on just hearing the general audio of a place? Or Yeah, I, I don't think, it's an interesting one, right? Out in the environment, headphones are, can be dangerous. Obviously, you can't hear traffic or you can't hear danger approaching you or people trying to walk past you or even sneak up to you and take something from you. But I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I think people, we, we have other senses, right? We have our eyes and we kind of have this sixth sense and we're kind of aware of what we're doing. I think the bigger issue with everybody wearing headphones um, is that everybody is isolated in what they're listening to and then they're vulnerable to being being able to be manipulated in some sort of a way. I know when I was a teenager, the whole thing was about the three-piece stereo. So you had your big stereo hi-fi with the two speakers and kids would blast their music out and parents would come in and say turn it down however the parent could hear what you were listening to tell you off you couldn't hide it ever you have to play it out loud right yeah now we've got teenagers walking around with earplugs in in their bedrooms teenagers don't blast music in their bedrooms anymore they're listening to podcasts they're listening to television they're listening to music we don't know the messages they're they're listening to and so yeah. that conversation no longer happens. Um, I had conversations with my parents about why do you think these songs say these things? You know, just casual conversations in the car or wherever. I can't have those conversations with my child anymore because I don't actually know what, I don't know what he likes or what he's interested in or what catches his attention. That's very interesting. I haven't thought about it in that way. My family, we tend to kind of, we have speakers in the living room and we all share mm. the kind of music we listen to in the living room or in the car for every other point in the day it's kind of just on our own we listen to it on headphones and we do our uh, whatever we want so but yeah i guess that has really that changed families yeah com- completely and like i said 10 years that's that's it right 
because when your headphones had a cable on you were less likely to to put it on and listen to it because then you needed a device that had battery that you could walk around with that didn't skip when you kind of walked into another room yeah so even though we've had headphones forever um they weren't as convenient as what they've been in this last kind of 10 years i had a phone that did that a phone that used to skip when i walked what? I don't know how I did it. it How's that my, possible? My iPhone 4S, after uh, in its final years of being able to use it, it would skip music if I was walking. I don't know how it did it. It's not even got like wow. a a disk drive in there. I don't think. I think it is all flash, but it still did it, which I always thought was wow. quite funny. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, we're way past the discman years now. Yeah. Um. But even even then, when you had a discman. If if my kid had a discman on all day with headphones on, would I be concerned? Absolutely not, because he's got to go down to that shop and buy a CD, and the likelihood is I'll know what's going on. And there's only so many CDs you can access, right? Yeah. Whereas they can listen to anything in the world. And I'm not one of those people that think the internet is bad. I just think we need to... Parents and children need to have a connection in some sort of a way and normally it's, it's music and kind of topics of conversation and those headphones really isolate people do so I, I think we'll see the ramifications of that down the line do you not do family um like subscriptions of uh, streaming softwares like spotify or does apple does it doesn't they yeah we have the apple music family but i can't see what they're listening to huh. you kind of we, we you all get kind your of own follow account. each other and share music no no, we don't do any of that. Not at all. No. They have their accounts, I have mine. They have their favourites, I have mine. But honestly, I, I don't know I don't know what music my son listens to. It's strange. And it would be nice. Maybe it's making parents get older quicker now because we can't stay hip. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the topic that we were talking about, uh, the products I also own, I uh, often use, uh, right now, I'm on my desk and I have... Um, the Delta Hub mouse mat. It's an okay mouse okay. mat. I really like the look of it, but it kind of goes a bit funny after about a year. And I use. Well, is it one of those big ones or is it? It's a, a medium sized one. Cam. Okay. Cool. And Do what's the Logitech Stream Cam? Is that their standard kind of. It's their, their webcam it? that they released. Uh, they have multiple versions and this is the streamer one because it's white. I don't see actually any difference in the quality or anything like that. It's okay. a, a webcam that I would recommend if you're looking for one. It's fairly cheap on the market and it's just good. Really, the quality is quite nice. With a bit of lighting, you can get it to look really nice. Uh, that's, a, that's all I've got. Uh, I think the only problem I don't like is that the cable is too short for okay. my computer. I think if I if I started listing tech at my desktop at home, there's just loads. Uh, it's sickening how much stuff I have. I just don't know where it all came from. Um, I'm currently in halfway through revamping my studio at the moment, so I've kind of knocked down one of the rooms in the studio and I've opened it up, um, and I'm just changing lighting in there to make it more of a video-first studio rather than an audio-first studio. And I've just got so much gear. Um, I think I'm a cable guy. I love cables. And I've just discovered that I can use my iPad as a monitor for my two Sony cameras, which is amazing. Yes. Um, I was Have watching you, a YouTube um, video and I said, look. What's that software called? It was released like a couple months ago. It's quite good. 
the, the one, one I've got about. is called. Why doesn't it tell me the name of the app I just opened? Uh, USB Camera Pro is two pounds, and I think there's plenty of them out there. This is this is a Japanese, I believe. Um, but all you need is two micro HDMI to USB type cables. And I thought, I wonder if I've got any of those. When I was watching this YouTube video, dug into one of my cases of cables and I've got four of them, all five meters long. Don't know why I've got them. Don't know when I bought them. But it's that kind of thing. I just kind of have everything. And I'm quite embarrassed to say. Well, uh, let's go into the media now. Like, uh, What are your top three podcasts? What have you been listening to? Uh, I don't listen to a lot of different podcasts, funnily enough. Um, on BBC Sounds, I've been listening to one. Um, it's just finished, actually. It's called Gangster. It's really good. It's about um, the gangs in Birmingham, the Johnsons and the Burgers, and how they descended from Jamaican immigrants in the kind of 50s, which is great, 40s and 50s, because I can kind of relate to that. So that's a really good podcast. Uh, Conspiracy Theories is my go-to all of the time. If you haven't listened to that, it's a podcast. Uh, podcast is the brand podcast, and they just do different conspiracies every every week. Um, recently, it was about the guy who they based James Bond off of, like a British spy, which is quite cool. Really? A British Russian spy, actually. Yeah. And his real life. Huh. Um, and the third, I'm just opening my my podcast now to see what, I've been listening to lately. Oh, the Torre show. Um, so Torre is a journalist who used to be who used to work for MTV in the nineties, and he's kind of uh, left commercial work now, but he's still got all these relationships with really interesting people. So he kind of sits down and talks with entertainers, business people, a bit like Diary of a CEO, but not such a big platform. Yeah, I keep thinking about listening to Diary of a CEO, and I just don't, haven't done it yet. I think I watched it's good. half of one episode when, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who used to pres- uh, present uh, QI. Oh, yeah. I don't know the name, but yes. Yeah, he, he uh, did an episode that was interesting. I didn't know anything <coughs> about him, really. How about you? Okay, so my top three uh, podcasts are Waveform, which is um, produced by... Uh, Verge Media, I think, and f- for uh, m- made properly by uh, what's his name, Marcus Bradley. KBHD, yeah, yeah, all of their his team they make that. I really like how they do it. I like the fact they have a quiz show in it. It's quite interesting. Yeah. You'll have a uh, be thinking about these questions while also learning about what news has come out in the week. The other one, I listen to that sometimes, but I honestly. I feel bad for saying it, but I just don't think his team are that interesting. I think they're kind of cardboard personalities and I can't listen to it at all. I like... Um, I, I'm not going to remember any of their names. The, 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 there you the, go. One of the main guys, <laughs> he's uh, a big camera nerd and he's interesting to talk uh, to hear talk about things. Uh, I'm not sure about the other guy, but he's he's all right. Um and uh, Mark apparently obviously he's entertaining to listen to I mean otherwise mm-hmm. I wouldn't be watching it sorry but the guy I, that really does annoy me and I probably shouldn't be saying this in a, a podcast it's the curly haired person um, uh, the producer he drives right. me absolutely mad and he also has one of the best videos on their studio channel 
Okay. What does what's in it? Uh, he does a whole video about um, AI audio. Okay. You made me do it now. I've talked about AI. Um, and it's just a really good video, and the, it's so nicely shot as well. I I tried to imitate the scene that they had this spotlight pointing down, and it was just such a good scene to look at. But yeah, he is <laughs> the one that irritates me the most. Well, the problem is right. It's a podcast done by a bunch of people who clearly weren't very social let's say and were always into yeah. their tech and now they're doing a podcast without really having learned that appealing factor if you know what i'm saying and they have this shorthand where they can talk to each other and they find things funny and i think well guys you're just <laughs> you're just a bit dry to be honest but there you go what are you saying about you this podcast Marquez Brownlee. well yeah i mean if someone had to judge this podcast they might say the same about me but there you go um the other podcast I listened to, uh, perhaps my, uh, was my favorite of last year, is called Cortex, and it's just great for listening to to figure out what is a good target for how to run a business. I have mm-hmm. generally just listened to it quite a few times, and probably everyone at Press Red hates me for this. I'll, I'll usually listen to it when I'm like laying in the bath and just uh, um, getting a bunch of ideas from the, uh, them talking about, well, when I started this business, I did it like this and did it like this. Mm. And they also talk, in fact, they even do episodes like this where they're talking about applications and software. It's just generally my favorite podcast. And it's also hosted by CGP Grey and uh, Mike Hurley. CGP Grey made the first podcast I ever listened to, Hello Internet. And that's the whole reason why I'm into this type of area. I think it's interesting that you use podcasts for a very specific reason. Um, and I think podcasting has blown up because it can afford to be niche and it can appeal to everybody or something can appeal to everybody. I kind of use podcasting as a way to escape and you use podcasting by the sounds of it as a way to kind of roadmap and help you plan and help you develop ideas and, and grow. Really I use it to it pretty much inform me on stuff because I, yeah. I listen to also Upgrade, which is all of the Apple news. Mm-hmm. And that's I great. I, I mean, think about, we didn't have that as a kid. I didn't have those options. It's amazing yeah. that you've got those outlets now. Uh, there is like one podcast that we have to censor this because um, it contains swearing. I listen to uh, that is that has no educational use at all. It's just funny. It's called <laughs> Face. It's made by Rooster Teeth. What? And it's just okay. pretty much two people being uh, really mean to each other in a way. And uh, it gets confusing. And it's very American, which I always feel guilty about, but it is something that I actually generally enjoy. Okay, I won't be checking that one out, but... <laughs> it's not what you think. Uh, the My final um, top three podcast is Darknet Diaries. I love the way that this guy edits all of the episodes and... It's just a, uh, pretty much, imagine a mini documentary, no visuals, just all audio about um, a specific hacking top- topic. Okay. It's uh, kind of where I learned most of uh, the stuff I know about the cybersecurity area, all thanks to my dad's recommending this to me. The okay. best episode, in my opinion, to start with is Gollum Thumb which is going to be difficult to spell. I've linked it on my Mastodon page. I'll grab it at some point. I'd highly recommend listening to it, even if you don't feel like watching. uh, I mean, it's two episodes long. 
uh, if you don't like the podcast itself it's just fascinating to hear certain things they can get really dark so i recommend always reading the description or like me have a dad who listens to every single episode and wait for him to tell you this is a good episode to listen to <laughs> okay so yeah i mean it's a really good podcast but it, it is a highly sensitive one right okay sounds good what are your top three music artists of the year Wow. So I, I do tend to get caught in this holding pattern when it comes to music. So sometimes I will, my artists will be artists from the year before and the year before. However, there is a new entry this year. Um, he's an artist that I've listened to since around 95, 96. He was part of a duo at the time called Outcast, And his name is Andre Benjamin. He calls himself Andre 3000. And um, he's been out of rapping for a long time, but came back this year with a new album that has no raps at all. Um, and he plays the flute on the album. I don't know if you've heard of it. What's with the flute? Seems to be a uh, new well, thing. Yeah, I don't know. He became like, he's kind of a, a real creative, if you like. And when he left rap about 10 years ago he moved to new york and kind of dressed a bit like a homeless man it became a joke online like andre 3000 spotted and he'd be spotted in random places playing the flute no security you know this guy he had an album that went 10 times platinum so he's known he's rich he's famous but just kind of decided he wanted to step out and do something different and this album is i think it's got eight tracks the tracks all like 12 13 minutes long of him just playing the flute with some guys in a room the first track's called i swear i really wanted to make a rap in speech marks album but this this literally is it this time or something like that the title's that long that's a great name um because he didn't want to disappoint fans but no it's a really good album it kind of sounds almost like something you'd hear when you go to get some beauty treatment or something like that but with a bit of a kind of a hip-hop twist to it with short phrases and whatnot so Andre 3000 is the first artist the second artist is a guy called Brent Fires, and for me that's a really young artist I don't listen to a lot of young artists this guy is in his early 20s um, but he's a musician and a singer plays all of his own stuff produces all of his own stuff but sounds like he came out in the 90s so yeah he's my second artist and then Think I haven't I'd got any more music. Brent Fayette, yeah, he's amazing. I think I think you'd like him. Um he he experiments quite a bit. I quite like that. Um not one to And then I'll go back to an old artist. Well actually no, we'll, we'll stay with the new. I listened to quite a bit of Masego and I saw Masego in concert this summer. Well, at a festival this summer. Um and absolutely loved it and have been stuck on his album, self titled album from this year. So he's my last artist. If you like like a bit of saxophone, go for Masego. You want me to say mine now? Go for it. What are yours? Uh, well, we know one already, right? I think mine's quite predictable. And plus, I already mentioned it. Yasmin Lacey, definitely my yeah. favorite artist so far of this decade because I've just really been enjoying her music a lot. I own all of her vinyls. It's just great music to put on in the background while I'm working on stuff. I generally just really like the artist and I went to go and see them recently for my birthday. Wow, uh, cool. Um, followed by Gabriel's, uh, an artist that I found on Jules Holland's show. Um, what's it called? Late Night with Jules Holland. Yeah. Uh, and then 
a week afterwards, he played at Glastonbury, and it was he was just had so much power, and it was great to listen to the, a whole album. I've listened to it multiple times now. Okay. There, most of the music, what actually, kind of music all of is them it? here, kind of a soul-y R and B, well, more soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you like soul music, I'd recommend it. It's also kind of close to a, a, a classical, well, not classical, but a, a close to a jazz kind of thing. Okay, and then. A huge jump backwards just because I like one of his songs so much, Bill Withers. Okay, well, this year you've been listening to Bill Withers? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which song? Like, or, or which Who is album? he and what is he to you is perhaps my favourite song. What is he to you? I don't know if I know that one. Um, Are you going to sing it for me? No, I'm not going to sing it for you because <laughs> I know what... Um, Jonas will be like he'll he will isolate that and send that to me later on because he's done that with every other screw up I've ever done so no I'm not doing that I can't trust my okay, editor cool Bill Withers great and I think you're kind of you're into like what would what Bill Withers would be doing now I guess you know that style of music I think um, soul or neo soul and jazz are all kind of meshing into one another and actually that's where a lot of people are going now as well I think music's become a bit too simple as we've embraced technology more music has simplified which is strange but it has and uh, people I do are looking find back to modern rap music's very repetitive it seems like you can so, copy and paste and just put new lyrics over the top and that's it in yeah. my opinion well it's like the mobile phone right we got to we went through all of these experimental phases with 3D mobile phones and different shapes and different kind of flipping phones and then we got to what works and then we just done that to death until we just kept repeating the same thing and I think hip hop got to a point where on a commercial level they realised what could sell worldwide and not just in America and they just copied and pasted that and simplified it more and more of every decade and I think with iPhone, people would say, or with, with mobile phones, they'd say, we peaked when we got to the iPhone 5 or 4S. And with hip-hop, I feel like we peaked when we got to the mid to mid-90s to the mid-2000s. I think that's what I people say. would say that we peaked at the iPhone 4. Yeah, a lot of people do. Um, but unfortunately, we have to move on. And, you know, we'll have a new wave of technology that won't be called mobile phones. And I think we'll have a new wave of hip-hop that won't necessarily be called hip-hop. And it's probably already started somewhere. Yeah, I will. I would like to point out I don't just listen to soul music. I listen to a, a mixture of music. I like a bit of reggae, a bit of drum and bass, um, dance music, kind of just all that stuff. Dance yeah. music is what I kind of grew up on because we used to listen every Friday to Animac, and yeah. that's kind of my childhood. Just listen to Animac every Friday. Going back to the headphones thing, I think an advantage that the younger generation have, meaning teenagers, is that you can listen to everything in your headphones with no fear of any kind of commentary by passers-by. So you might really be into something that you're not that sure about and you're not confident enough to play around people that you know. So you can listen to it by yourself. And that's something that we didn't really have. So I would only listen to music that I knew my friends liked because they'd hear it. Yeah, and that kind of limit limited you in a way, you know. Yeah, I guess that is true. I mean, I I kind of wear headphones because I, uh, well, I'm an awkward teenager. I feel like people are judging me all the time, so I just like having headphones on to block people. Really, 
I put my headphones on my AirPods and I walk through town so that I don't have to stop and talk. I could just yeah. nod and keep walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry finals. if you see me, but oh, sorry, carry on. I'm done. Yeah. Oh, final section is the content. What have we been watching? What streaming services like have been streaming content that we want to watch? Oh, okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah. So, Apple TV this year has been one of my favorite streaming services out there. Absolutely. Um, they released uh, a series that I really enjoyed called Silo, and it was just so good to spend that entire time. It was like watching Lost and trying to figure out what is going on. How can Brilliant we figure show. out what's going to happen next? It was just so good to watch, and I'm so glad they've got a second season confirmed. Absolutely amazing show, yeah. Apple, I think they don't have much, but what they do have is is top. Jumping straight over to YouTube, one of the people I've watched a lot of this year because he's just really good at making uh, factual videos is Phil Edwards. He used to work for Vox, but recently just quit to start working okay. entirely on his own channel. I highly recommend it. It's very entertaining, and he uses AI as well to generate images that he can then... Uh, tell a story with one of his best ones is the um, the American ban on sweeteners. The way he uses color to do two different views is just very entertaining. Wow. Okay, that sounds cool. And my final uh, thing that I really enjoyed from this year is Blue Eyed Samurai, which came out like last month. Uh, so that's probably why I like it so much because it's so recent. But it is. Mm. A Netflix, a Netflix show that was just so good. And I very much enjoyed it. It's kind of is it a manga teenager in a way, but it's so good. Say again? Is that a manga or something? or? It, uh, or no, style? not really. It's kind of taking roots from an anime, but not exactly. It, it, it's okay. kind of an Ameri- It's still American style. And it's not... Uh, just have a look at the trailer. That will kind of explain it all to you. It is a, a, a samurai-based thing. And it's all about stereotypes in a way okay as well I won't say anymore because I'll spoil the whole thing if I say anymore but I highly recommend watching it if you have a Netflix account okay cool here we go then so mine Apple TV as well Um, Apple TV is crushing it in my opinion I don't need a streaming service that has a million things if I'm only going to watch 10 so Apple TV for me all the way Severance I don't know if it came out this year but definitely I found it this year it is a bloody good series yeah, so I found Severance this year and I was blown away by that. Um, I also <clears throat> watched Silo too and it was great, but you picked that before me. And then the other thing um, <laughs> <laughs> on Apple that I watched recently is the, the Who Shot John Lennon three-part documentary. That came out really recently, didn't it? I, j- I just finished it two days ago. Um, I don't know when it came out, but I know it's quite new on there. And that, it's quite, quite nice to jump back 40 years and... Um, they managed to interview some different people that were spoken to before. So I always like a good kind of revisit of history. Um, I think it's called Murder Without a Trial, John Legend. John John Legend? Wrong John. John Lennon. Um, then going over to Netflix, although I did say I don't need lots of content, Netflix is quite good at hiding all of this content and just throwing things to you that yeah. um, it thinks that you want to see. So um, I'm embarrassed to say... But Squid Game, the challenge, is really good. 
Really? Is really good. I, I was hesitant. I was late to watch it because I loved and appreciated the original Squid Game so much. And I kind of felt really strongly that they were taking the content away from these Korean producers and Americanizing it. And it's just kind of, there's no Korean people in there. It's full of American, Australian and British people, which I kind of have a problem with fundamentally. But it's really good. If you're into set design and the visually they've really thought about this show it's such a well planned out show that it's brilliant telly so I think I personally I just don't like game shows they've never really grabbed my attention I understand that but yeah if you're into game shows you you will definitely like it fundamentally a good show Um, but maybe ethically not a good show in terms of taking creators content away from them and then finally uh, BBC iPlayers doing big things this year i think they've really stepped up their game on the iplayer um some of the original content the app's always been rubbish yeah but the the content is it's just really getting a lot better i think um the bbc free stuff they're putting on there they're understanding the audience a lot more um and what i watched this year that really stood out to me was called free little birds and again it's a story about the Windrush and it's about three women who come over from Jamaica in the kind of Windrush era so 48 and onwards and what they experience when they get here but it's not a kind of sad story it's kind of a bit of a comedy really good I have to look at that I haven't seen that yeah oh it's got a second season being confirmed has it? yeah it's um, made by Lainey Henry um, so they take that for what you will I yeah, uh, one of the things I've been watching uh, recently from BBC is definitely Doctor Who. I stopped watching it a while ago and just didn't enjoy Doctor Who anymore. And then recently mm-hmm. it's just been particularly better. I wouldn't say it's the best, but it's been better. It's kind of funny okay. watching Doctor Who and going, oh yeah, I forgot, it's quite low budget compared to everything else I've been watching recently. <laughs> um, yeah, and we've start everything has just got big one. budget now, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Disney is blown out of the wall with how much money they're just spending on a single production, and it's not paying out very well. What a brand suffering, isn't it? Yeah. Loki was good. Loki was good. I very much enjoyed that. I I was starting to lose hope with Marvel. I think they're slowly gaining it back. I Um, think 2023 is going to go down as the year Marvel died, unfortunately. It's the first time I didn't watch... Marvel in the cinema this year. Yeah, I don't think I watched a single Marvel movie in the cinema. Yeah, it's a shame, but I mean, they haven't. They when you produce the best thing of that decade with the um, End Game, yeah, it's going to be pretty hard to top it. I disagree. Really? I don't think you need to top it. What came after End Game? We had Spider Man No Way Home. It was amazing. It was nearly a $2 billion movie. It was good. I mean, you don't have to top it, but you just make more good stuff. Yeah, I guess. We'll have to see. Anyway, that's all of the sections. The only ones left is self-promotion. Is there anything you want to share of yours to self-promote? I will... Next episode, after Christmas, I will reveal some of the new things I'm working on. So, um, in, in the world of... 
we'll talk about that next time i can't reveal right now but i've just had some some big things confirmed for next year i'm also starting a new radio show which i'll talk a bit more about next year too but as always you can catch me doing where the keys at podcast over on youtube forward slash wtka um and you can find all of my content pretty much here where you're listening to this right now and on my own youtube channel at it's mac black one of the things I've been particularly proud of this year is that I got sponsored. So, yay. I'm jealous. That's amazing. I know. And um, the Steam Deck Controller episode was a really fun one to record as well. And I have great ideas for how I'm going to show uh, the microphone off that I've got the show. So, I'm very much looking forward to that. My plan was to get it uh, already done and script all that done. Except I've been ill for the past two days, so I haven't done anything. Anyway, that's the end of the video. Oh, sorry, podcast. Video? <laughs> you can check out Eli's work on his socials, Eli Chure, on Instagram, or on his podcast, Where the Keys At. To follow me, I am at MacBlau or MastodonApp.uk. This episode was edited by Jonas Dixon and co-edited by me, Mac Blackman. Thank you for listening to this episode of Functions, and we'll see you in the next one.